Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. We'll be right at the end of that chapter, verse 38, and then we're going to go from there down into chapter 11 to verse 6. We're going to talk about faith tonight, and uh, <clears throat> what is faith? How do you get faith? How do you keep it? Brother Pastor Marshall, Pastor Marshall said this morning that uh, grace is a commodity. Something needs to be replenished. We keep getting grace from God. Faith is a commodity. The Bible talks of uh, little faith, much faith, and great faith. So if there's different levels of faith, at different times in your life, you have different levels of faith. So I don't know where you're at tonight in your faith, but we're going to talk about faith and hopefully be a blessing to you. Uh, If you found uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, if you could stand, we're going to read a few verses here. Hebrews 10, 38. And the Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen to that. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you just read that and didn't know what you were reading, you would think, that doesn't make sense. But it does make sense. Amen? We're going to see that. Verse 2. For by it, faith... The elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered uh, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, for this opportunity And Father, I just pray that you would help me in a special way tonight, Lord. I know you want to use me more than I want to be used. I realize that. But Father, I pray uh, for your presence, for your power, for liberty tonight, Lord. Uh, I pray I wouldn't, uh, Lord, just chase a bunch of rabbits and and get caught up in things. Lord, help me to stay focused tonight. Uh, Be mindful of the time. And uh, Father, I pray that you'd run the devil off the property. And we just want to tell you we love you. Thank you for being so good to us, in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. So what is faith? Faith is is believing and having complete trust in something or someone, not questioning why or how it works. Let me read that again. Faith is believing and having complete trust in something or someone, not questioning why or how it works. Faith is a common denominator of life. Everyone on the planet, Earth, has faith and exercises faith almost every moment of every day. So we're not talking about spiritual faith here. We're just talking about faith in doing things in life. When I turn on a light switch, I have faith that the lights are going to come on. I don't understand that. (laughs) I don't understand electricity. All I know about electricity is don't, don't become a ground. When you mail a letter, you drop it in the mail, and it's just, you don't question that. It just goes, and uh, I told the guys at the prison last night, I preached this at the prison last night, I told them, I've mailed bills all my life and letters. I've never had one not make it. Now, maybe you have, but, you know, if you feel sick and you go to the doctor, the doctor prescribes prescriptions, little pills that you can't pronounce the name, (laughs) Dr. Greer, and, uh, but you take them by faith, don't you? Yeah, you just plunk them down. You know, I take two or three pills a day. 
you know, you get old, you got to have things to keep it going. And, and so uh, I don't question. I don't question. I just take them. Amen? Uh, everybody here plopped down in those chairs. All these young people here. I didn't see any of them questioning the chairs tonight. Everybody just plopped in the chair. What's that? That's just faith that the chair was going to hold you up. You didn't question that a bit. That's just simple faith. Faith is a common denominator of life. No one can live a single day without exercising some kind of faith in something or somebody. Salvation is on the same principle. God has made salvation available to all men everywhere, no matter the color of skin, social status, country of origin. For everyone has faith. Let that sink in a little. The basic difference between the faith exercised by the individual in a daily round of life and the faith exercised by that same individual to the saving of his soul is the object of his faith. What he believes will save him. It's the object of your faith. So let me give you some examples. The Muslim puts his faith in the Quran and Muhammad. So I'm not, I'm not bashing here, I'm just giving facts. The Muslim puts his faith in the Quran and, and Muhammad. The idolater puts his faith in his graven images whether it's a statue or a totem pole or whatever it is, that's the object of his faith. The humanist puts his faith in himself. He's really a mess. Amen? The philosopher puts his faith in his own ideas, ever learning and ever coming to uh, the knowledge. Amen? The materialist, the person that just lives for now, puts his faith in his money and is ever trying to make money. So different religions put their faith in different objects of faith. Some religions uh, believe you have to be baptized to be saved. Uh, You don't find that in Scripture. Uh, And some religions, uh, it's belonging to their particular church. And for some, it's keeping the Ten Commandments. Uh, Most of the time when somebody says, well, I just keep the Ten Commandments... And uh, and if I have enough uh, courage, I'll say, can you quote them? (laughs) Because most of the time I can't, amen? For some, it's speaking in an unknown tongue. And there's some religions who have combinations of all these things. Got to belong to this church, be baptized, do this, don't do that. But none of these can save your soul because the object of faith in each case, is wrong, according to this book. Okay? Saving faith is faith that that rests entirely on Jesus Christ and Him alone. Jesus Christ is the object of saving faith. So, uh, a lot of times I use this uh, illustration, and uh, most of you know where I'm going with this, but uh, you can take all religions, all faiths around the world, everything that everybody believes in, and you can make two piles. Over here is a great big pile, Brother John. Great big pile over here. Over here is a real small, dinky little pile. All the face, all the religions, great big pile over here. This pile over here believes you've got you to have Jesus. Some of them, some of them don't want Jesus, but some of them is Jesus Plus baptism, Jesus plus membership, keep the Ten Commandments, live good, hold out to the end. Most all of them are in that pile. Okay? Over here, real small, teeny little, I'll call it a group, not a pile. Okay? <laughs> anyway, small, small group here, just believe Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, no other way. Him alone, nothing else. Plus nothing, minus nothing, okay? Now, that's Bible. Salvation is not Jesus and his mother. Salvation is not Jesus and baptism. It's not Jesus and church membership. It's not Jesus and keeping the Ten Commandments. Hey, nobody can keep the Ten Commandments. Jesus even said that, amen? It's in the Scriptures. You can't do it. 
when the Holy Spirit brings enlightenment to the soul, he insists that we personally put our faith and trust in Jesus and nothing else. <laughs> Listen, when you hear the Word of God and the Holy Spirit turns on the lights, amen? So those of you that, that are saved, you know what I'm talking about. There's that time in your life. I remember the time in my life. I won't tell you the whole story. I don't have time. But when, that, when it all came together, and I listened to that preaching all night long, went in and laid in that bed, the sun was coming up, and, uh, and I remember looking at the ceiling, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me, and the Holy Spirit turned on the lights, and for the, for the first time I saw, I already knew I was a sinner, but I seen myself as a sinner in, in front of a holy God, amen? And I asked that holy God to save me and forgive me, because I was a mess on my way to hell. And it was just him and him alone. And uh, pastor talked about it today, repentance, amen? Without repentance, uh, let, me, let me say it like this. Repentance unlocks the door of grace. You won't get grace until repentance goes over with the key and unlocks it. <laughs> then you get God's grace, You've got to go through repentance, amen? And it's, hey, it's that time in your life. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, amen? And, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm weighted down. And repentance means turn. I'm turning from my sin to God, amen? And uh, I can't stop sinning. Can't stop, but I'm turned from my sin to God, and God saves me. It's Jesus Christ alone can save, <clears throat> And I love it, and I say this a lot too. <laughs> I just have these things I say a lot, amen? But, uh, <clears throat> so when I got saved, it's like the salvation train rolled in. It stopped, amen? And uh, I'm standing there, and the doors, they open up. Jesus Christ is on the train, and he goes, you want to get saved, son? Are you ready? Yeah, I'd like to be saved. Get on. I got on. The door shut. I'm heading down the train track to eternity. I'm saved forever. I never have to worry about it again. Listen, the faith that I had that God gave me, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, He gave me the faith to believe it. Amen? And so that faith, I don't need that no more. I'm talking about saving faith. He saved me. I'm on the train. I'm going to heaven. I don't need that faith anymore. I don't have to go there anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. That part of faith, amen? We just read it. We just read it. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Not the lost shall live by faith. (laughs) See? I don't need saving faith anymore. I need living faith. Live by faith. Amen? Are we there? The Apostle Peter said it like this, Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby, whereby we must be saved. <clears throat> so it's just Jesus and nothing else. Amen? It's just Him. Uh, <clears throat> had a guy at the prison last night. One guy got saved and, and uh, I always, I always kind of like to just try to talk him out of it. <laughs> you know, I just, oh, just come over here and pray. Nah, you know, I, I kind of drill them a little bit, find out where they're at. And this guy was ready to be saved. Then had another guy come up, and bless his heart, I, I don't, you know, he said, I said, so what'd you come for? And he said, well, uh, I believe I'm saved, but I just got a question. I said, okay. He said, uh, I don't think Jesus, I don't believe in the resurrection. I said, what? I don't believe in the resurrection. I think I'm saved. I said, really? I said, the, the Bible says the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I said, if you leave out the resurrection... How can you be saved? 
You're not saved. Well, I, I, yeah, well, I think maybe. I... You know, and I didn't beat him up. I just said, we need to talk. We ain't got time now. I'll come and see you this week. Amen. And uh, so anyway, anyway, I'm going to go back and talk to that guy. And uh, there's some more things I can say about that, but we need to move on. So, but why are all religions, Brother Mike, why are there so many religions? Well, Satan is behind all of the, uh, all of the other religions. Amen? Uh, I believe he's behind all the other versions. Don't want to make anybody mad there, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's either this book or nothing, really. So, with that said, I want, to th- I want you to think about the book of Hebrews. We need to get our, get our mind around this book, and uh, it'll, help, it'll help you understand this thing about faith. Okay? You have to think like a Jewish person back in the first century. Okay? Can you put yourself there? I know it's going to be hard. The book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish Christians who were going through, uh, uh, and they were growing weary of persecution, and they were returning to Judaism. And by returning, these early Christians could avoid persecution. Judaism was sanctioned and protected by Roman law. Yeah, their religion. Christianity was not. So when a Jewish person got saved, they were ostracized by their family, and they were in trouble with the Romans. So it's just really hard for us to see that. We don't suffer that kind of persecution, but uh, uh, most of the time, uh, their families would disown them as, as if they had never been born. It was that bad. And they would lose their places to live. They would lose their jobs, their livelihood. And a lot of them were just put out on the street. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a hard thing. I'm not saying it was, wasn't hard. But they were struggling and struggling. They were giving up their long-held godly traditions of Judaism when they got saved, only to be harassed by both family and the government. So it was really hard for them. It, it was just a really hard thing. So the writer of Hebrews, so get this, the writer of Hebrews writes this book to try to help them see that this newfound Christianity in Jesus Christ was all through the Old Testament. Likes and signs and pictures and uh, examples all the, the Sabbaths and the new moons, all the rituals, all those things, the tabernacle, everything pointed to Jesus Christ. And so the writer was trying to encourage them and uplift them and tell them to stay in the fight, don't give up, because everything that you had in your religion all pointed to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. But now that Christ has come, you don't need that anymore. The just shall live by faith. So he's trying to get them to, to, uh, to focus in here and to just live by faith now in an unseen God that's letting them be persecuted. So it's a hard thing for them to get their heads around. So the book of Hebrews shows the connection between the Old Testament revelation and the New Testament faith in Christ. The book of Hebrews emphasizes Jesus Christ using words like better, perfect, heavenly. So the book of Hebrews ties the Old Testament people, types, pictures, symbols, and the New Testament theme of Jesus Christ. We all there? There are 29 direct quotes and 53 clear illustrations used from the Old Testament in the book of Hebrews. So the writer is trying to encourage, he's trying to get the, all these, uh, these Jewish Christians to see that everything they had in their Judaism all points to Jesus Christ. And all those Old Testament people 
Did you wonder why all those Old Testament people are in chapter 11, face Hall of Fame? The writer is bringing up all of those different people. And do you know how each one is, is named? It's by faith. Every one of them is by faith. Jacob, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Moses. And so this writer, he's taking all of those Old Testament people and showing these Christian, uh, Jewish Christian people and the hard times they're going through, and he's trying to encourage them by just saying, everything you've ever known about Judaism points to Jesus Christ. So what's that got to do with me, Brother Mike? I'm not a Jew. I want you to get this tonight. They were going through things that were really hard. Everybody in here goes through things that's hard. and We're going to just bring it down to to home tonight in a few minutes here. <clears throat> so, with all that said, I don't have time to go through the first ten chapters. Uh, I texted pastor this week and I said, I'm going to preach the whole book of Hebrews. He texted back, yeah, a little weird face, like, I'll pack a lunch, you know, so. <laughs> but with all that said, we don't have time to go back, so. But I'm just going to read you some verses, a few verses, okay? And then we're going to get right into the message. This is just all introduction. So I want you to know where the uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews is trying to get us to, see? Y'all there? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, listen to this. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So the writer of Hebrews is saying... All the things you've heard about Christ, don't let them slip. Chapter 3, but Christ is the son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. It's hard and it's tough. The persecution is, is, is getting to you, but hold fast. Don't let it slip. Chapter 3, 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Hey, don't let it slip. Hold fast. Don't depart. Stay in the fight. See? Chapter 4. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son, or Jesus, the Son of God. Listen to this. Let us hold fast our profession. Hold on. Anybody tonight, your faith is low? Your faith is wavering. you got problems, issues, health, things going on. Hey, hold fast. Chapter 4 again. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may, uh, may find, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boldly. He says, hey, hey, don't get squeamish about praying. Come in boldly and ask God to help you. Amen. Then there's another one, chapter 10. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Cast not, therefore, uh, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. And then we read it in, in, in verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What's he saying? What's he saying? Hey, don't let it slip. Hold fast. Take heed. Don't depart. Hold fast. Come boldly. Hold fast. Cast not away. Don't draw back. That's all in the first ten chapters. And and, and mixed in between that, sandwiched together in all of that, is all those types and pictures and religion and rituals and things that all point to Christ. Can you see this book? It's an amazing book. So, now the message. Okay? So with all that said, let me drink a little water here. So don't give up. Don't turn back. Hold fast your profession. Y'all here? Y'all with me? Everybody okay? So, 
So now we can get right into it. So it says in, in verse 38 of chapter 10, Now the just shall live by faith. So, Brother Mike, what are we supposed to do now? So if, the, if these Jewish Christians were asking, so well, what now? Chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith. Think about all the things he's told them in the first ten chapters. And then he gets to this and he goes, now it's faith. You're not living by your religion anymore, your rituals anymore, the things you did. None of that, none of that matters anymore. That's past now. It's a new testament, new covenant. It's Jesus Christ. Now faith. Now faith. It's all about faith. Are you with me? It's all, it's all faith now. We, hey, when you got saved, it's all faith now. Not to be saved. Not to stay saved. Remember? I got on the train. The door closed. I'm heading to heaven. I don't need any more faith for salvation. That's done. I don't need to go there no more. But I do need faith to live each day. And so he's saying, now faith. Live by faith. You know what? I have a supernatural faith and a supernatural salvation from a supernatural God. You know what can happen after you're saved a little while? Your, your salvation can become normal. It can become a dud. Well, Brother Mike, I don't ever think like that. Really? I ask people all the time. I'll be, I'll, I'll be, you know, just passing out tracks at the gas station. You know, I'm pumping gas. There's somebody over here. Hand them a track. And if they let me talk, I'll, I'll go a little while and I'll say, hey, if something happened to you and you fell over dead right there, would you go to heaven? <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes they'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm okay, I'm saved. Really? It's just okay? <laughs> it's just okay? Hey, where are you at tonight with your salvation? Is it supernatural or is it just okay? Skylar, where are you at? <laughs> I'm just asking, Amen. David, Matthew, Michael, Abram, huh? Where's your, what is your salvation? Is it supernatural? Because, hey, you know what happens in the rest of that verse? Now faith is, and the rest of that verse says it's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not just common salvation. It's just not something that happens Without God, it's, it's supernatural. Look what it says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Unless you're saved and, and living by faith, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. The substance of things hoped for. Substance is, is something you can get your hands on. Something hoped for, you can't get your hands on that. Evidence... Is something you can see. But then it goes on to say, things not seen. If you went to court, and you had a lawyer, and he's defending you, and the judge gets up and he says, uh, are you ready for, uh, to present evidence for the defense? And your lawyer jumps up and he goes, your honor, we're ready. He goes, okay, you have evidence? And your lawyer says, we do. You just can't see it. The judge is going to laugh you out of the court. You're going to lose. This is talking about after you get saved, are you with me? I've got to draw this line. So there's a line here. There's a wall here, okay? We've got to have this for the rest of the message. There's a wall here that divides this side and this side. This side over here 
is what we see in this life that we live in. It's the now time, okay? It's where we live, right here. This wall, this curtain, this whatever it is, divides us from the other side, the unseen side, where God is. Where the angel, where you can see the angels. Heaven. Are you with me? On this side is the nasty now and now. On this side is the glory of God and all the things that are in the Bible and the promises in the Bible. So let's read that verse again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. My faith gives me substance to know that those things on the other side are real. Hey, and not only real, but by faith, I can go over on the other side and experience this other side. Now, I'm not talking about going to heaven, having a conversation with God. I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about realizing that there is another side, and by faith, I can believe that And by faith, I can see that. By faith, I can be a part of that. That word substance, are you with me? Everybody here tonight? That word substance carries with it this this word of title deed. Title deed. By faith, now faith is the title deed of things hoped for. So I'm saved. Now faith gives me Here's what it gives me. Faith gives me a title deed. Y'all looking up here? Title deed, right here. I have a title deed to a home in heaven. Amen? I have a title deed that says I'm a son of God. I have a title deed (laughs) to all the things that heaven has and Jesus has. And I have access to all those things by faith. That makes no sense in this world unless you're a Christian. Amen? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hey, by faith, I... Do you, hey, which side do you live on? Do you just live over here? Do you just experience this life? Go to work? Pay your bills? Oh, I got something going on. Pray a little bit. Yeah. You know what? We're not supposed to be living over here. We're supposed to be living over here. By faith. Now the just shall live by faith. I'm supposed to be going over here on a regular basis. I'm trying to stay over here. Are you with me? Some of you looking at me like, what in the world are you talking about? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That makes no sense to a lost person, but if you're saved, you have a title deed to all the promises of God. And if you just live over here, and function over here, and pray over here, and go to church over here, you're missing out on what God has for you. Living this life of faith. You're missing out. Your Christianity is going to be dull. It's going to be boring. You're going to question whether or not you should go to church. You weigh it out. Should I go to church tonight? I don't know if I get anything out of it. You know why? You're not living over here. You're not living by faith. You're living by sight. This is not sight. It's like closing your eyes and distrusting God. Amen? So, i got to keep moving. i got to keep really moving here. So, faith is a kind of spiritual sixth sense that enables the believer to take firm hold on the unseen world and bring it into a realm of experience. So, this doesn't happen all the time, but I'll just tell you some things. Uh, 
I got my little study room at home. Got all my books and commentaries. <laughs> and I just like reading and studying and doing that stuff. But hey, I get in my little room, close the door, and, uh, and there's sometimes, not all the time, but there's sometimes when God just shows up. God just shows up. And it gets so thick in there that it's almost hard to breathe. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying. This is real. You know what it is? You know what it is? Every once in a while, every once in a while, my faith allows me to get on this side, and God just shows up, and it's so thick, and all I can do is just sit there and say, I don't know if I can take any more of this. There's been times like that. It's crazy. It was just God showed up and just manifested himself, his presence. I didn't hear any words or nothing like that. He was just so good. Amen? You ever been driving down the highway, listening to some preaching or some singing, and pretty soon God just snuggled up to you in the car, and pretty soon you're doing this, and you're wiping your eyes, and shouting and yelling, and what is that? What is that? This is what it is. You're over on the other side. Amen? Why are you living over there? Get over here. Enjoy your Christianity. Amen? Hey, it, it gets better. It gets better. Faith allows me to cross over into a spiritual dimension of, of unseen and hoped for things. Hey, over here, you're going to have depression. You're going to have bills. You're going to have relationships that go sour. You're going to have all of that. Flat tires, junk cars. Cars and groceries. It's money down a rat hole. But you got to have it, right? But hey, if you just stay all wrapped up in all the things that are going all the time, you're just so discouraged, you won't even come to church. And if you do come, you just sit there like a bump on a log. You don't sing. You don't get in. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you about me. You need to get over here. Things hoped for. Things you can't see. Let your faith, hey, let your faith, we're getting there, let your faith take you over there. So that word substance carries with it the idea of a title deed. By faith, I have a title deed to the sonship with the Father. I have a title deed to all that Jesus Christ has promised me through his word. So the object of this faith is Jesus. Brother Williams used to say this a lot. He said, faith is believing God's word enough to act on it. Faith is believing God's word enough to act on it. Faith is the firm persuasion and expectation knowing that God will perform all that he has promised to the believer in Christ through his word. Faith imparts reality and life to the things promised in Jesus Christ. Are you, are you with me? Your faith allows you to go through that barrier to the other side. I'm not talking some kind of Benny Hinn goofiness here. I'm talking what you can experience on a daily basis. You don't have, you don't have to have a Christian life where you get up and you're, you're, just, you're just weighted down and you go to work and it's a drudgery and you go home and your family life is just on needles and it's just not, it's no fun. And you bury yourself in social media and the TV just to escape your crummy Christian life. Doesn't have to be that way. Hey, I'm going to tell you how to get it here in a minute, but you can cross over and enjoy your Christian life. That's what the, the writer of Hebrews was trying to tell all these Jewish Christians who were going through a terrible time in their life. Start living by faith. And you'll have all these things hoped for, things you can't see. It'll help. Faith believes God simply because God is God. <laughs> I love it. 
Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. The Bible doesn't explain God. It just says there's a God. Take it or leave it. There's a God. Amen. I love it. Faith does not ask to be allowed to visit heaven and see what's there. Faith brings heaven to the believer. Faith is stepping through that invisible wall of time and space into the supernatural and the heavenlies. Faith gives substance and evidence of God's promises to the believer. The Bible says that, uh, talks about so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, you know, I've heard some people say that, well, they can't see us and we can't see them. But I kind of think that they're standing out there on the portals looking over. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking, Brother Stan Foster standing there. Next to him is Brother Beetle. Next to him is Ed Hewitt. Next to him is Mrs. Dunlap. Next to her is Melanie Mosier. And you can just go on and on and on. And they're standing out there to kind of look it over. You know what they're saying? Don't let it slip. Hold fast. Hang in there. Hey, start living by faith. Look up and you'll see us. We're encouraging you. We're telling you to keep at it. Yeah. Romans 14, 23, listen to this. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. <laughs> if you're over here, you're not living by faith. I didn't make this up. God says you're living in sin. That's, ah, that is, that's all over me. Not living by faith is sin. So how do I get faith, Brother Mike? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Verse 1, now faith. So when you open this book, you open your Bible. Now faith. <laughs> Here it is. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> faith is like a checking account that needs deposits on a daily basis. You can't live on your faith you had yesterday. You know, I can, I can, I can listen to preaching. I like to work out in my shop. And uh, I, put, I, I listen to preachers on YouTube. I listen to pastor. I want to make sure I said that first. Amen. I listen to pastor. <laughs> but I have some other crazy preachers I listen to. I'm not going to tell you who. But it's, 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 I love it. You know what happens? I'm out there working in the shop, welding, goofing off, doing something. And that preaching starts. Amen. And the Holy Spirit just shows up in my shop, in my garage. And before you know it, I'm on the other side. And God's just all over me. And I'm walking around in there, doing this, picking up something and throwing it against the wall. Amen? Hey, hey has it ever gotten so good in church that you wanted to just stand up, guys, and grab a chair and just throw the chair Well, it never, gets, it never gets that way with me, Brother Mike. I got a supernatural faith. A supernatural salvation. And a supernatural God. What about your God? Don't you ever get moved? Don't you ever get over on this side? I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about a real God who speaks to my heart and shows up at my house in my shop, in my car, on a daily basis. So the Bible speaks of those who have little faith, much faith, and great faith. And so at different times in our lives, or in the day, or whatever, your faith is going to be different. Your faith in an unseen and unknown goes up and down from day to day, doesn't it? Doesn't it? 
Did you know your faith is directly related with who you hang around? I like to go out with pastor a couple times a month and eat lunch. He's a man of faith. He's a man of faith. Some of you are scared to go out and eat with him. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. He buys. I know. But hey, hey, you know what? I like to hang around them Stevens brothers over there. Stevens over here, amen? Guys have been in the faith, preaching all those years. You, ought to, you young guys ought to go hang out with them. You ought to take them out to lunch. Just let them talk. Just let them talk. Tell you all those stories. Hey, all the stories from when they were on this side and when they crossed over on this side and what God did. Man, that'll help you. That'll really help you. Yep. Faith is God. Faith is God. Amen? John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hey, this is God in written form. Amen? I don't throw my Bible in the back of the car. I don't put my Bible on the floor. you with me? I don't put nothing on top of my Bible. I don't let anything touch my Bible. You know why? That's God. Well, it's just a book. No, that's God. That's the written words. That is God. When I read that, hey, every day when I read that, I'm getting ready to, to say Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Where's your faith? Hey, you get in this book, you know what happens? It gets all over you. It gets inside of you. Two, two Saturdays ago, I was wound up at the prison. I almost was throwing chairs. They probably would love it. They'd probably throw them back, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I got the microphone. They got couple great big speakers in the chapel. Chapel's about a third the size of this, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm just wound up, you know, and I'm just, I'm just losing my voice, kind of yelling and enjoying whatever I was preaching. I can't even remember now, but <clears throat> there's a guy sitting down here, and he goes, and he, and he raises his hand, and he goes, you're just kind of excited and wound up and nutty tonight. Can you just not talk so loud? That was almost as good as saying amen. So faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Listen, faith is directly connected to this book. Yeah, someone who is genuinely saved but doubting their salvation, uh, you need to spend more time in the book. Someone who is saved and, uh, saved and tithing and doubting whether God is going to meet their need, you're probably not spending enough time in the Bible. Hey. Hey, you tithe, he'll take care of your needs. He will. Somebody who made a faith promise commitment a month ago or two, right? And maybe you're doubting God's going to work some miracles and make that thing happen for you. You know what? You just need to spend some time in here. What's it going to do? It's going to increase your faith. And before long, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be crossing over on this side. Yeah, God's going to take care of me. Wonder how he's going to do it. It's not. It's not. Oh, I hope he does something. It's not that at all. It's wow. Where's it going to come from? Where's it going to happen? Amen. I got to chase this rabbit. They were almost done. So last year, me and my wife prayed. My wife, that pretty woman sitting right down there. Me and my wife prayed last year. And God laid on our hearts to give more than I ever gave to missions, even while I was working. Now I'm retired. I don't have that much money coming in. I just don't. 
Social Security, I get a little bit from retirement. So God laid on a figure on our hearts almost twice as much as I normally ever gave while I was working. And it was like crazy. It was crazy. But it was weird because I didn't really have a fear. It's like God said, you know, I'm going to take care of this. I said, okay. <laughs> you know what? I could take a couple hours telling you what he did last year. I mean, it was nuts. I mean, things happen. I like to buy and sell things, and he was just throwing stuff at me. I was selling it. And then I was getting jobs doing it. Was, it was crazy. So that was last year. This year starts rolling around into the summer, and I'm starting to pray. Okay, God, what are we going to do this year? Are we still going to get that thousand, you know, whatever, whatever it is a month? Amen. <clears throat> and so I'm reading in my Bible where Elisha is taken over from Elijah. You know, he's passing the mantle. Remember that? Remember what Elisha said? I want a double portion. And then Elijah said, well, if you stick with me, if you're right here and you see me go, you're going to get it. And so he sticks with him, right, the whole time. And, uh, the, and, the, and the whirlwind comes down, takes him away, and he gets his mantle, and he goes over to the, uh, to the Jordan River, and what's he do? He slaps that mantle down and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? <laughs> I was telling my grandson David, if you read back through that, there's a bunch of preacher boys that are kind of following him around, giving him a hard time. Are you going to be the next prophet? <laughs> and they're bugging him and they're messing with him. And... Uh, and they're on the other side of the Jordan when this all takes place. And they see him go down to the Jordan River with the mantle. And he slaps the Jordan River and says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the river parts. And he walks over. And those preacher boys, I think there's about 70 of them, they come down and they bow down before Elisha. I don't know why I told that, but it sure sounded good. Amen. <clears throat> this is why I told it. There really is a God. And so <clears throat> I was reading that, double portion. And then so it started getting into the fall. And so I, uh, <clears throat> I started, really started praying. God, what do you want me to do? And God just kind of threw this idea out. Why don't you just give double what you gave last year? I was telling Pastor this. I didn't tell him how much, but I was telling Pastor this, and he goes, well, yeah, you better make sure about that, you know. Do what God wants you to do. <clears throat> and so I'm pretty much was set on, I'm going to do it. And then somewhere in October, Miss Kate Shelley tells somebody about a house for sale. I think it was Nathan. And uh, Nathan Bailey. Nathan comes to me and says something about, there's a house for sale. Would, you know, and I said, really? I like to buy and sell things, but I've never flipped houses, you know, and uh, long story short, so we bought the house, I bought the house 47000 and uh, he couldn't get to it for about five weeks, worked on it a couple weeks, just did a freshen up paint thing, and before I did it, I called Brother Greer, because he's a, he's a house guy, his son flips quarter million dollar houses, and he knows what's going on. I called him, he looked it up, and he goes, I think you can make some money. So I bought the house. <laughs> and uh, 47, we put about 10 in it, 57. The realtor got about 5, 62. So we put it on the market for 79.9. That was 
that was Friday. We called the realtor Friday. She came and took the picture Saturday, put it on Saturday night. Sunday, somebody called her, said, I want to look. They looked. She called me Monday morning, said they offered 75 cash. What do you think? I said, I'm not thinking. Let's do it. Five days later, before we headed to South Carolina for my grandson's wedding, it was that Friday. We went, signed papers, she gave us a check. Made about 13000 I'm just bragging on God. All I did was clean the refrigerator and the stove and mow the yard one time. That's all I did. That's all I did. What is that? That's God. Huh? Are you, are you, hey, are you with me? I'm over here. I want to live by faith. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? Well, why don't you try this? Okay. <laughs> Two years ago, yeah? <laughs> this year, why don't you double it? Okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you're not living by faith, you're missing out on Christianity. Your life's going to be dull. I'm done. i got about a minute to go. <clears throat> we as Christians are bombarded by social media, TV, internet, games, hobbies, jobs, responsibilities. We push God and His Word to the bottom of the list. A lot of Christians live defeated lives, wondering why they have to go through what's in their life. Modern-day Christians, maybe not here, are paupers and beggars to the abundant life that the Bible talks about. Faith is something that must be added on a regular basis, uh, not to keep your salvation, but to grow. To grow. Hey, as this writer was saying, don't let it slip. Amen? Hey, hold fast. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. 1 Peter 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere, sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So, as new Christians, you need milk. As older Christians, the Bible says you need meat. What is that? It's this. It's the word of God. Faith in an unseen, invisible God comes when we spend time in and believe the Bible. Faith is a firm persuasion and expectation knowing that God will perform all that He has promised to the believer through His Word. It just says all of that. Uh, I'm done. I said that before. <laughs> uh, let me finish. Oh. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. You know what that means? For by it, faith, the elders, you know what they did? Here's what they did. They reached through and got a hold of that unseen side. The, the elders, I'm talking about all these people that are named in Hebrews chapter 11. Those elders obtained a good report because by faith they reached through and they got a hold of something from the other side. Amen? I love this. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I read that, I don't know how long ago it was, <clears throat> And I looked at that, and I said, that don't even make sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a simple guy. <clears throat> things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. What it's talking about is when God, the Word of God, cr created everything, God spoke it all into being, right? So the things which appear, uh, things which are seen, were not made of things which do appear. It's almost like God made it out of nothing. But it wasn't nothing. It was the Word of God. When God spoke, you had the power of God that created everything, right? That power is in everything He creates. So the things, let me read this, the things which are seen... We're not made of things which do appear. So everything we see of His creation, we think we know what it's made of. 
It's just full of the power of God. Well, I don't know if I believe that. <clears throat> when they dropped the uh, atom bomb on, uh, bomb on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, when I was in the Navy, I went and visited, went through museums of what it looked like. Devastating. And those bombs are just uh, firecrackers compared to what they have now. But you know what? You know how they did that? They split an atom. In fact, the better bombs don't just split the atom. They get the atom racing so fast, it collides with another atom, and that atom collides with another atom, and that atom collides with another atom, and you have a tremendous release of power. What is that? The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God made those things. All that power is in that. I don't know if you're getting this or not, but it's just God made it not out of nothing. He made it out of his power. That power is still in there. That's like crazy. By faith, Abel offered a more, uh, unto God a more excellent sacrifice. I'm done. This is the last one. I could go on and on. You know, we could be here all night. But <clears throat> By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So, you know, I thought about that. <clears throat> and so, I like to imagine things happening that are not written in the Bible. You know, I like to kind of put myself in, like, how would this be? How would this work out? And so, Adam and Eve, get, they were ran out of the Garden of Eden, right? Okay? So they're living out there, and they have two kids, Cain and Abel. And I believe when Cain and Abel got so old, that uh, Adam took them for a walk. And I believe he walked over, by the eastern gate of the Garden of Eden, you can read it. That's where it was, the eastern gate. And they walked up pretty close to the gate. And I believe Abel, he's probably about this tall, about the size of Micah maybe, Cain, Abel, right? And Abel looks at his dad and he goes, what is that creature? And Adam goes, that's a cherubim. Wow. What's a cherubim? Well, he's an angel from heaven. Father, it looks like his sword is on fire. It is. How come he's waving it all over? Well, God put him there so nobody can get into the Garden of Eden. Well, Father, how come nobody can go in the Garden of Eden? Let me tell you the story, Abel. God made me out of dirt. He put me to sleep. Made your mom out of one of my ribs. <clears throat> and he had a tree in the middle of that garden. And he said, you can eat of all the trees, but you can't eat of that one. If you do, you'll die. And Abel, Cain, I hate to tell you this, but me and your mom ate of that tree. And we became sinners. And God drove us out of the Garden of Eden. And he put that great big angel there with a sword that's on fire. And he's waving it. And he won't let nobody back into the Garden of Eden. And God did this. He took a little lamb. I'm going to call it a lamb. He took a little lamb and killed it. And there was blood all over the place. And it was really an awful, it was just awful. And he took the hide off of that animal and he made his clothes. And he said, you need to tell this to your kids when they grow up. This is going to point to the Messiah. This is going to point to the Redeemer. This is how your sins are forgiven. It has to be the shedding of blood. And you know what? 
Abel, by faith, believed his father. Cain didn't. Cain's the father of all false religion. He's the father of that great big pile. Amen? Abel did what this little group here did. Amen? The Bible says in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. God delights in allowing things to happen to us so that he can experience faith in himself. God is pleased by believers living in faith. Where is your faith tonight? Little faith, much faith, great faith. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When was the last time that you crossed over on this side where you hope for in unseen things? When's the last time you've been over here? Well, I don't know, Brother Mike. I don't know if I, you know. I'm done. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. It says this. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we, have, we are all men most miserable. <laughs> Can you see that? You know what that verse means? If you just live on this side and you never experience crossing over by faith on this side, you've got a dull life. Your Christianity's got to be just so dull, you hate to come to church. Now, I don't think people are like that in our church, but maybe there's somebody here tonight. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe that's why it's dull. But, hey, listen, it's all about faith. Where's your faith? Little faith, much faith, great faith, where you at? It's this book that'll get you. Great faith, amen? Let's pray. Father, I, I just pray tonight, Lord, uh, pray for folks here tonight. Lord, might be somebody that not know for sure they're saved, but, but uh, I think most folks are. And, and Lord, I just pray that, uh, uh, Lord, they would just uh, make the Bible a great part of their life and they'd start living by faith and enjoying their salvation. Thank you for being so good to us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. If you could stand.